quite a few years ago. I was offering Mass on a Sunday. It was a September the 3rd, and my sermon was on Pope St. Pius X, September the 3rd is his feast. And in the course of the sermon, I mentioned his condemnation of modernism. And I went on to explain, as you have heard me explain many times from the pulpit here at St. Pius, that the modernists have virtually seized control of the external institutions of the church. I have often said that at St. Pius at the chapel, I have said that at Roundtop, I've said that anywhere I've preached on modernism. And I've talked about modernism from here, Florida, all the way out to our little chapel near Idaho Falls, Idaho. But on this particular occasion, it came to my attention that some of the people at the Round Top Chapel were talking about my sermon after Mass. As perhaps some of you talk about our <laughs> the length of our sermon, perhaps after Mass. They were talking about my sermon, and one of them said, and I quote, I don't even know what modernism is. I'm And I was later told, others in the group concurred. They don't really know what modernism is. Just recently, in the last couple of months, I was visiting one of our chapels, and I was talking to some of the people after Mass. And... One, uh, one of the uh, chapel members, an older woman, a mother, and a grandmother, she said to me, Bishop, can I ask you a question? And I said, well, sure. And she said, how can Pope Francis do the things he does? Doesn't he know what he's doing is bad? Now, I thought to myself, this good woman's been in our chapel for 40 years. Why would you even ask that question? <laughs> and I went on to give her a simple explanation. He's a modernist. He's a modernist. That's why he does what he does. But she's a mother and a grandmother. On occasion, we priests speak to you about modernism. We talk to you about Pope St. Pius X's encyclical letter, Ascendi Dominici Gregis, in which letter he condemned modernism, calling it the synthesis of all heresies. Heresy is defined as a doubt or denial of a divinely revealed truth that is infallibly taught by the church. That's strictly speaking what heresy is. What we do not, as a rule, I know I do not, 
as a rule, go into some more deeper explanations of what modernism is from the pulpit. In other words, I don't give a scientific exposition of modernism. But I believe on occasion we should give greater explanations of modernism, and that is why I wanted to start a series of talks. Modernism, defining it for them, getting into Vatican II in a little more detail than we do in the pulpits. When one understands, clearly understands what modernism is, they can see, they can understand it is incompatible with the Catholic faith. Just as the new mass is incompatible with the traditional mass, so modernism is incompatible with the Catholic faith. You can't mix both. When you don't know and appreciate the purpose of why you do something, especially when at times it can be inconvenient, people lose interest. And sometimes I, I actually fear, do our little ones, as they're growing up, really appreciate and understand what's happening here, why we're doing what we're doing? For me, growing up, it was easier to appreciate, once we grasped what was happening, Weekend after weekend in the mid-1970s, my mother loading eight children into a 76 Chevy Impala station wagon. Remember the station wagons? A 76 Chevy Impala station wagon driving here one Sunday, going here another Sunday, trying to find a Catholic priest who still had the faith. At the time, we didn't really appreciate all the sacrifice that she made. We certainly do not, my brothers and sisters. Tonight, I want to talk to you about modernism. And it is my hope to define modernism, explain what it is as simply as it can be explained, and then to give you some history of modernism up to 1958, which we're not going to get to in this conference tonight. This could be about a three-hour conference. <laughs> we won't be doing that. <laughs> so, the question then is, what exactly is modernism? And first of all, I point out that there is a real distinction in the word modern and modern day on one side and modernism on the other. They are not really synonymous terms. 
When I wrote this talk, and whenever I'm going to define a word, I'm first looking through, uh, first, of course, I have Prashendi there, and I'm looking through all these other books on modern, and then I thought to myself, they have all these books on modernism and things, I said, you know what? I'm going to look in the dictionary first. I have a Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary from 1960. I also have a new Oxford American Dictionary, which does not have a definition for modernism in it. And that's a 2000-something dictionary, the new Oxford Dictionary. But in my Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary, Curiosity, I looked up the word modernism, and there it was. It had three definitions. The first definition was this. Modern practice, usage, and expression. Here's the second definition. A current Protestant movement which applies modern critical methods to the study of the Bible and places less emphasis on historic dogmas and creeds. A current Protestant movement which applies modern critical methods to the study of the Bible and places less emphasis on historic dogmas and creeds. That definition is referring to a 19th century, early 20th century movement among various Protestant churches, or various Protestant clergymen and various Protestant theologians. It's actually historically called liberal Protestantism. And generally speaking, this movement among these theologians and Protestant ministers in different Protestant churches began to criticize the accepted dogmas that their Protestant churches always professed. And their interpretations, which are multiple interpretations of sacred scripture, that they've always lived their lives by. They rejected it. That's where the word critical comes in. It was like Vatican II for the Protestant church. You could look at it like that. For example, the liberal Protestant theologian named Adolf Harnack, he was the leader, Adolf Harnack, he actually professed that Christ never established a church of any kind. What happened was, he says, as he looked through the scriptures, was that a group of people who believed in Christ came together and formed a community 
in which they called themselves Christians. So there was no church. It was just groups of people getting together, and then it kind of evolved into a church. To understand the liberal Protestant movement, and the reason I'm talking about it, is because it is. It is at the basis of modernism. But to understand the liberal Protestant movement, and to understand modernism, you have to have a little understanding of certain principles of modern philosophy. Catholic philosophy has always held St. Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas, as the prince of theologians and philosophers. Catholic philosophy was synonymous with scholastic philosophy and Thomist philosophy. That is St. Thomas's philosophy. In the late 17th century, a new philosophy was born. Historians call it modern philosophy. And perhaps some of you may recognize some names here. A man by the name of René Descartes. René Descartes, whose most famous words are, I think, therefore I am. A philosopher named Immanuel Kant, who lived in the, died in the early 19th century. Immanuel Kant who said, we cannot know reality as it is. We can only know phenomena. That is, we can only have these phenomena perceptions of things, but we really don't know. Well, what what modern philosophy, their basic principles, and I'm not going to go too deep into this, so we'll have to set the alarm and wake everybody up. I'm not going to go too deep, but the basic principles of modern philosophy was, first of all, it changed how man knows reality. Changed it. I'll explain that in a moment. And then it went even further to its logical conclusions over 300 years. It then began to deny and doubt the existence of reality as it is. In other words, it denied that there is an objective reality, and put the word truth in there, it denied objective truth. St. Thomas Aquinas, scholastic Thomas philosophy, teaches that we Man can know reality. He must conform his intellect to reality. When I'm teaching philosophy at the seminary, I tell them, anytime I do this, this is reality. At recreation, when I'm repping a basketball game, this is out of bounds, I tell <laughs> But this is reality. And St. Thomas teaches, very simply, we must conform our intellect to reality, and we can know objective truth. Modern philosophy turned that around. 
starting with Rene Descartes, when he said, cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am, he turned it around, he said, no, what's out here must conform to what's up here. Now, perhaps that doesn't sound too terrible to you, but when you carry that out to its logical conclusions, you have brought forth two modern-day errors, which are nonetheless very old in their origin. And the two errors on which liberal Protestantism and modernism rest on are what we call relativism and subjectivism. Subjectivism. In practical order, the best way to understand these things is by these expressions which you may have heard. People out in the world will say, truth is what you make it. Truth is what you make it. Right? And that is based on this modern philosophy, this subjectivism, you take reality and you conform it to what you think. You make truth instead of conforming what you think to what's real, to what's out here, to objective truth. You have modern-day philosophers, professors of philosophy in colleges and universities who tell their classes, and I heard this when I was in the when I was at the university, there was a certain professor of philosophy. He would not have class in the classroom. He had it in the middle of the hallway. And they all sat around in a circle. He thought he was like Socrates. He tried to be like, and he, he was out there with everybody. And he asked, as I was walking by, I heard him say, you don't even know if I'm here. <laughs> And I remember thinking to myself, well, someone just, you know, poked them a little bit. He would know he's there. He would know he's there. But that's how they talk. They talk like that in the classroom. And everybody oohs and ahs over these professors. But let's make it more practical. If you can't know reality, let's make it moral. What's a sin for you may not be a sin for me. That is a practical consequence of modern philosophy. They change the way people think. And this modern philosophy and its principles of how you think, where now everything is subjective and no longer objective, including morality, including the Ten Commandments, it's no longer objective. It's what you make it. That is what modernism rests upon. That's how a modernist thinks. There is no longer objective truth. There are no longer objectively, divinely revealed dogmas of faith. Because you conform that to what you think. Truth is subjective according to the individual needs or the needs of society. 
It is relative then. Truth becomes relative to the time in which we live. Jump ahead of myself a little bit. John the 23rd said at Vatican II, we got to update the dogmas of the church. We're not going to change them, he said. We'll get into this in great detail in a future conference. We're not going to change them, he said. We just want to change the way we present them to the people. Update our teaching methods. Well, they ended up changing. The heresy of modernism, like liberal Protestant theology, is rooted in these principles of modern philosophy. Change the way we think. Things become subjective. What's a sin for you may not be a sin for me. What's true for you may not be true for me. And by the way, we have a <clears throat> we have a chapel member. St. Thomas More Chapel in Utica, New York. Saw her a couple months ago. Her husband has cancer, and she's got to go back uh, to her teaching job. And uh, he says he can no longer work, so she's going to do some part-time teaching. She was she hasn't been in the classroom in about 35 years. She's going back in, and I I asked her a loaded question: How's it going? <laughs> And she told me, it is so different. It is so different. She said, you know, when the children get a, a an arithmetic problem incorrect, we can't tell them they're wrong. We have to, because that would damage their self-esteem. So we can't tell them they're wrong. We have to steer them to a possibility of what might be another answer to this question. So if a child, she says, says 2 plus 2 is 4, I'm sorry, 2 plus 2 is 5. See, I'm thinking of the truth. I'm, I'm so conformed to reality. I, when I go off, I... But she said, if we, if we tell, if they say 2 plus 2 is 5, we have to say, well, yes, but let's look at it like this. And then it's worse when they're misbehaving on the playground. You can't correct them. She said, the words are, you have to re-channel their energy. Right? There's no more short-circuiting, right? <laughs> that power surge. It's got to be re-channeled. There's nothing objective out there. Right? Okay. We have our principles in modern philosophy. An under little understanding of the liberal Protestant theology movement. <coughs> Here's the third definition in the Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary. Modernism is a body of methods and tendencies in the fields of sacred scripture, apologetics, dogma, history, and ethics seeking to critical research. A body of methods and tendencies in the fields of sacred scripture, apologetics, dogma, history, and ethics seeking to critical research. Sounds just like the liberal Protestant theology definition. Note the words 
body of methods and tendencies. By methods, they mean doctrine, teachings. A doctrine is a teaching, but the tendency, tendency is a proneness to a certain course of thought or action. And thus, modernism is a teaching, and it is a proneness, or if I could use the word propensity, it is a teaching and a propensity to some course of thoughts. And you know, when I looked in Pashendi, St. Pius X's encyclical letter, Pashendi Dominici Regis, it's exactly what he said when he first defined lines. It's a doctrine and a tendency, a propensity. The Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary went on to say the following words. Here's why my eyes really went out of my head. Quote, Pius X condemned modernism as substituting purely subjective criteria in matters of faith and morals for the authority of the church. Unquote. That's in a secular dictionary. Pius X says condemned modernism for substituting purely subjective criteria. What is criteria? Criteria is a standard of judging. When we have criteria, we make a judgment on something. Criteria is evidence. Right? And this one statement sums up the whole of Pashendi. Modernists substituted in the place of the authority of the church in matters of faith and morals, subjective criteria, their own thoughts. They conformed what's out here to what they thought. To be more exactly as St. Pius X put it, they conformed the matters of faith and morals to their own subjective religious feeling. That's how he puts it. Now, the Catholic Encyclopedia as well has an excellent article on modernism. And the author of that article, he says the following about modernism. And basically, a little more elaborate than what the dictionary said about it. He says, a full definition of modernism would be rather difficult. Modernism stands for certain tendencies. And secondly, modernism is a body of doctrine. Again, you wanted to sum up modernism, it's a body of doctrine and its tendencies. 
Then he goes on to say something very interesting, which explains why there's so much confusion in certain regards to the Vatican II popes, I'll call them. This author says, such tendencies of modernism manifest themselves in different domains. And by this he means sacred scripture, dogmatic theology, history, and philosophy. And then he goes on to say this. He says, the tendencies are not united in each individual. Very important words. The modernist tendencies are not united in each individual. Nor, he says, are they always and everywhere found together. Here's how he concludes. Modernist doctrine, as well, may be more or less radical. It is swallowed in doses that vary with one's likes or dislikes. What he is saying here is that modernism in its doctrines and its tendencies varies in individual modernists. It varies. A modernist can be more or less radical in sacred scripture or dogmatic theology or philosophy. In other words, he can be liberal in sacred scripture, but he can be conservative in doctrine, dogmatic theology. Just for these moderates, it doesn't mean he's a full-blown liberal. He can be conservative here, but he can be liberal here. Doesn't that explain how you can have a Carol Voltia? a John Paul II, a Joseph Ratzinger, now Benedict XVI, and a Jorge Bergoglio, Papa Francisco, right? John Paul II is now the saint and the arch-conservative. John Paul II held these ecumenical gatherings and he participated in all this worship, right? He would go into the sanctuary of Lutheran churches, and he would go into Jewish synagogues, and he would embrace the head rabbi, and he would go to Lutheran churches, and he would embrace the Lutheran person, but he would not allow women priests put his foot down on that. He was called a conservative. A modernist can be liberal in some things and can be conservative in other things. It all depends. What is their tendency? What propensity, what direction are they going in? Benedict XVI, when he was the 
defender of the faith, whatever title they have now in the new church, under John Paul II. Do you know they called him the Rottweiler of the Vatican? Because he safeguarded Catholic doctrine? Meanwhile, around the whole world, Catholic doctrine was being laid waste. He didn't safeguard anything. But he was called the Rottweiler of the Vatican because he was so conservative. And so conservative. Society St. Pius X, they use those words all the time. Conservative, liberal. He's liberal. He's conservative. They don't understand modernists. They don't understand a modernist can be conservative in some things, but liberal in other things. So, you have tendencies and you have doctrine. And the tendencies are a propensity towards this or that. And the doctrine is what you come up with what your subjective religious feeling tells you. This is the truth. And you can be conservative in some things, you can be liberal in others. I never use the expressions liberal or conservative. I never call Francis the big liberal, as I've heard some conservative people in their local parishes call him. I call him the non-Catholic. In Bashendi, St. Pius X said that modernism is the synthesis of all heresy. It embraces every heresy. And he said this because individual heresies over time attack this specific teaching of the faith. But modernism has attacked everything. And the attack began by changing how we know, how we believe. Man cannot know objective truth. And if we cannot know objective truth, we cannot, we cannot, uh, we, or we have to make up our own truth. Truth becomes what we make it. And then you have other modernists start talking about the evolution of dogma. It's all evolving here. Instead of a divinely revealed truth of the Catholic faith, it was true yesterday, it's true today. No, dogma evolves now. Because we really don't know. We only know what we know at the time. Things are subjective, and things are relative to time. 